I am Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon. Okay. Oh, okay. excuse me. That's okay. It's been a long day. <laughs> the dome always does that to me. Okay. <laughs> it's so good to be seen. <laughs> it really is. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. Can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. If you're listening in Perth, Australia, good morning, everybody. From the virtual habitat and pseudo studio deep in the underground living quarters of the Jimmy A. Kimmel Lookalike Warehouse. It's a spectacular avian pizza party plaza deep in Area 51. Hello and welcome to TalkCast 283, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a mild headache from all the mildness. I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, the rest of the gang of five. In the Revere Time Vortex, our technical omnivore, running everything, running around everything. You'll hear a cat in the background, pay no attention to it. It's our own girl genius, Kriana. <laughs> Pay no attention to it. From the stacks of her personal space, the Dank Dungeons Indoor Decepticon Library and Clone Garden, featuring Lynels and Ligers, and there's a robot, our own Zombrarian. Wow. Getting weirder by the moment. From a galaxy further away than is humanly possible, she met Haley Atwell and quivered for an hour afterwards. It was the cutest thing ever. Welcome Sir Sarah Lady Night. She was so lovely. <laughs> I love her. Also, We're going to be hearing that a meow. lot, aren't we? <laughs> Back from their shadows, our returning correspondent after having spent three years in the Industrial Percussion Rehab Center, the man with two arms and the hands to prove it. Welcome back to Awake by Java. Meow. Okay, Dad, it's just getting odder and odder. Wow. And there are no otters. They're actually all cats. Joining us tonight uh, wow. in the second half of the show are Jesse and Margaret Lundberg, the, the people behind Harold the Happy Human Eater. Jesse and Margaret, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having us. Hello. Well, we're going to be talking to you in the second half of the show about uh, what is one of the oddest uh, comic books I've ever come across. Uh, but first, the news. I love when that actually works, and it doesn't work all that often, but when it does, it's cool. Uh, well, uh, I think we need to start with two things. Boston Comic Con which we're just still decompressing from. I tell you, well. Yes, you did. Numerous times, actually. Many times. Just, just twice. <laughs> That's more than once. That's true. <laughs> so, what did we learn from Boston Comic-Con this year? Quick turn around the round table, which is actually an oblong. Kriana? What did I learn? Yeah. You know, the more you know, the rainbow across the sky. Never trust a baby with a brain in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> Zombrarian. I learned how good Sir Sarah and I are at being secret spies. Yep. Oh You're my god, I haven't yelled at Sarah for that yet. <laughs> oh my god I love it so we much, got a present for you Kriana guys are both so super secret. sneaky oh my so, god so, so, so. she was sitting right there when it came back to the booth yep 
and she still didn't know about it until we got home. And she Classic. only knew about it when we got home because I stopped being able to control myself. <laughs> you guys Classically suck done. with awesomeness. You suck all the awesomeness <laughs> out of the room into yourselves. Aww. Yeah, we do. That's true. It's true, true, true. Okay, so Sarah, what did you learn from three days at Boston Comic-Con, aside from Concrud is a horrible thing? It is. I learned that Haley Atwell is very soft. <laughs> That's not creepy. It's not no, creepy. No, not at all. I'm just, declaring that, for the, I'm just declaring that for the world. It's not. I put my arm around her waist, and it was soft. And I was very happy about that. You mean like she was human or something? Yeah, right? It was so weird. weird. Like, I'm pretty sure she's not a cyborg. Yeah, I thought yeah. she was. Actually. Crazy. It was, like, really lovely, and I'm really happy about it. Now, Java, unfortunately, you weren't at Boston this year, but learn anything along the way? Um, I was in Chicago for a different purpose. A friend of mine is getting married, so um, I learned uh, that if you go to Chicago... During Lollapalooza, and you wander around the streets late at night, you may encounter a number of teenagers who are out of their mind on Molly. Huh. <laughs> That's Good never. To know. And they don't like shoes. So. Interesting. There's you know. a shoe aversion in Chicago during Lollapalooza. Uh, I guess. Okay. Okay, well, I, I actually learned two things. Uh, number one, Scandinavian magnets can be fun. Uh, <laughs> but only Scandinavian ones. No, evidently, only Scandinavian magnets. There's a joke there, and there's a video attached to it, which we'll be putting up later. The other thing is, never launch a Kickstarter during a convention. Do yeah. it the day before. Do it the day after. But don't do it during a convention. Oh, my God. Uh, which which brings us to uh, our Kickstarter. Which brings us to our Kickstarter. <laughs> you can only, if that's only wrong, I don't want to be right. When I say, and now the news, but I hadn't said, oh. and now the news. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch the world burn. Want to say it again? No. no that's... Say Don't. what again? Don't. Say what? what? In the news this week. We launched our Kickstarter, My Peculiar Family, last Saturday at Boston Comic Con. We've reached our first milestone, which is over $1,000 in pledges, which I think is kind of awesome, and I can't Thank all of our, our listeners and, and friends and my Uncle Max from Missouri. But other than that, um, check it out if you get a chance. It's called My Peculiar Family with writers and artists who have been on the show, all writing about a family that doesn't really exist. But And that's a really bad way to explain or it. does it? Dun, dun, dun. Or, or it might. <laughs> who knows? So, Sir Sarah, yeah. one of the things you learned... At Boston Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was at the Haley Atwell panel, which was cute because Brett Dalton showed up to it. And who I don't give a that? shit. I don't it's it's Ward from Agents of Shield, we who hate I don't him. We do hate him. I don't give a flying <laughs> fuck about Grant Ward, but I do like Brett Dalton. Unfortunately, I've had to unfollow him on Twitter because he tweets a lot about Sky and Ward together, and I don't that is, I hate it. I you hate it. I get really angry. I get really angry um, because it's super creepy. Anyway, Brett Dalton is a lovely person. Nothing at all. A great he has the his OTP and you have yours and you just can't get over it. Exactly. Exactly. So I've just unfollowed him on Twitter because I can't do it. That's okay because he's lovely. So someone um, asked the question um, in kind of a roundabout way. But basically, Haley Atwell summed it up as you're asking if Peggy Carter and Captain America had sex. Let's get it on. 
And the, the answer, answer was basically yes. yes. <laughs> the answer was basically, I'm going to have to ask Chris Evans, but I'm pretty sure he's going to say, um, of course they did. And that's no, the actually, end of it. Actually, Chris Evans said that he that they didn't. They didn't. He said Interesting. That, he said that um, the 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 only thing he's ever said about it was that because he was on duty during all of the times that they interacted, it really probably wouldn't have happened. Um, which means that he would have been a ninety-year-old virgin. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it means. True. Also, that brings up for me. Well, okay, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of days for no reason at all. Um, <laughs> if if the time that Black Widow and Captain America were undercover and had that fake kiss, if that was not his first kiss since 1941, what was his first kiss? Since 1941 or in general? Well, no. I mean, he, he kissed Peggy. Yes. But who right. was his first kiss when he after he woke up? The nurse that was taking was care of him. the nurse? Well, no, just, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say, who wouldn't kiss Chris Evans? Me. That's I mean, true. Me. But anyway, also, wait a minute, because he's seen Peggy yeah. since he woke up, and there's a chance that they have kissed since he woke up. That's true. That's it, true. Is kiss a know. euphemism here? No. 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 I'm just going to play this again. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not sexy. That's Stop not it. sexy. The important part of the panel was that someone asked what um, Peggy and Angie did when they were not on screen together. And Haley basically answered that they went to candlelight dinners together and got up to shenanigans off screen. Nice. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that was pretty much the best moment of my life. And I was like, oh, well, I don't give a shit about Captain America anymore. I just want to hear more about this. The shenanigans. The shenanigans. Right. Yeah, it was a great panel. Um, someone taught them to a little like river dance move. It was super cute. So the one thing that they she didn't say, yes, is whether she and her girl pal, gal pal, gal pal are in the next season. Just, gee, I wonder if Agent Carter is going to be in the next season of Agent Carter. No, <laughs> I don't know. Seems kind of up in the air. Seems unlikely to me. Now you're just being mean, which I approve. But I'm also just, I really just need to know if Lindsay Fonseca is coming back. Like, that's all I need to know in my life. Right. Everything's going to be okay. Which I understand was the point of what you were asking, but you did a bad job. Hey, you know and what? You should feel bad. And you should. Right. Well, bad. okay, fine. I did a bad job. Don't feel bad. You can all just, just, just go away. That's mm -hmm. fine. That's not happening. If Kriana goes away, there's no more show. Yeah, that's true. That's, that is true. She's in charge of the call. Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of so many things. Was I creepy enough just then? I could get creepy. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, I, could, I could work a little harder at that, if you'd like. Um, speaking of, speaking of sh shenanigans. Um, yes. Have, Did have you, guys you get up to shenanigans this weekend, Java? There are no shenanigans in my life. Uh, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, I, uh, no, but I did watch the Martian, one of the latest Mar The Martian viral marketing videos. Um, have you, you guys seen this one? White people in space. Yeah, white people in space. Um, and <laughs> there's a Hispanic person. One, a, a single one. No, I was just arguing about this with my friend. A on Hispanic person. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> right. I'm just. I'm just. I mean, this, it's fine. I'm just. I'm just calling it what it is. White people. Are, are they you? Unlike. Okay. Are they unlike? Okay. Okay. okay stop. Here. Stop. Stop. Too many stop. Let him talk. Okay. Go on. Let him talk. <laughs> the the Let latest video shows them being debriefed, um, and not in the fun way, uh, by a NASA psychologist after spending ten days in isolation. Right. And so you've got the you've got him talking and and um. Matt Damon launches into a a uh, a really interesting conversation with himself about whether Aquaman should be able to talk to whales because they're mammals. And it really kind of blew me away. It was like really funny and I cannot wait to see him because I love the book and um 
and and he's just striking that right kind of attitude that that Watley should have. Um, if you haven't seen the viral video, I, I usually don't watch these for movies, but it is kind of entertaining. Um, and this uh, the NASA psychologist starts asking the commander if she feels the pressure as a woman um, would be like overwhelming as the first commander to a my boobs a, really make the pressure mark, hurt and so she, much she like she like slaps him down <laughs> it's <laughs> hilarious um, so check it out and <laughs> it comes out in October so it's definitely something to keep an eye out for it looks awesome and if you liked The Martian you should check out my sci-fi book of the year which is not white people in space called Dark Orbit by Carolyn Ives Gilman it's amazing Ooh. it's Oh my god, it blew my mind. It's it was the first hard sci-fi I've ever read. And I was just like, "Oh my god, where has this been all my life?" So good. So good. Excellent. Link that up. Make sure that's there. Cuz I didn't I mean, see that. Th- we've got so many good movies coming out and uh and one piece of news that managed to slip ba- past my Star Wars um blockade, my my blockade <laughs> on Star Wars news. Is that um, a good J. thing to have? J.J. Abrams has said that there will be no talk of midi chlorians in the new Star Wars. The man and that's good. One Why? lesson because, because it was a moronic decision to midi chlorians are bullshit. They're bullshit. <laughs> that's it. They're they're the okay. absolute. They're worse than Jar Jar Binks. Um, I'll take I'll take Jar Jar Binks over midichlorians. Let's let's not have either of them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that would be good. That's can, best. Can we, but can I mean, we just like, agree on that? If yeah, if I think we can. Choice, if the choice, midichlorians. That's no. a world I don't want to live in. If we come down to the Sophie's choice of midichlorians versus, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take the poison pill. <laughs> the Sophie's choice of sci-fi. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, the poison hey, pill. Uh, the poison pill, though, has ha, is like teetering on the lips of community. It absolutely oh, is. That. Oh, yeah. Did you miss my transitions? It was yeah. good. I, no, I that did. was fun. I did miss them. Yes. I missed your transitions so much, Java. Well, I, I, I say that because, like, we literally just watched the finale, like last night. And the talk is still out there for the movie. The six seasons in a movie chant has we, been renewed. But the, the question really comes down to the cast's cost. They're all very right. much more in demand than they were back when Community started, which was during sweeps, or it was during the writer's strike, right? So, right. Um, and, and they were all, you know, mostly relatively unknown. Yeah. So, um, so community it, made what's her face Annie. Yeah, community made a lot of gave a lot of people credibility, and I mean you know, fun show, good show, deserves the movie absolutely. I miss Let's... Troy. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to get on a boat with Lavar Burton and sail away forever. Sometimes you do. Sometimes it hurts. When faced with the choice of leaving on a boat with LeVar Burton or Jar Jar Binks, I'm going to take <laughs> LeVar Burton on a boat. It's true. I think well, so. that's not even a choice, though, John. Right. Let's face that. Yeah. I just so, wanted to sign picture. <laughs> Tony, you're stuff going on this week. Uh, actually, two things I wanted to bring up. They're, they're releasing all these teasers for CBS's Supergirl. Uh which is kind of anticlimactic as somebody blew the, uh, the uh, episode one out uh, onto the internet like they weeks ago. They blew it ago. out? They blew it out there for everyone to watch. Or, you know, leaked it, as the kids say. <laughs> is that what the yeah. kids say? They blew it out, everyone. That's... No. <laughs> no. That's going to be the thing now. They blew it out. That's going to that be the new like thing. That sounds like they farted. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> Why do you think I keep saying it? Or rather, blowing it out. <laughs> she missed it. How did that happen? So they're pretending. <laughs> oh no, there was a the pause! <laughs> She's
playing the music. I'm gonna light everything you love on fire. You should do that one more fucking time. <laughs> Please fuck with me some more. Don't don't let the conversation drop, or she'll or she'll play the noise. <laughs> hit the button. Hit the button every thirty seconds. Oh no! So much. There's so much TV news with the upcoming seasons. Um, but Supergirl does look really good. Sleepy Hollow's coming back for season three. And you're losing the main villain for some un- some unfortunate reason. Mm. Not sure why, but they decided. Which main villain? Which main villain? The headless horseman. Because he was only kind of the main villain. Yeah, he was. He absolutely was. No. He was. No, like, he wasn't. He was the main villain's like lackey. Yeah, he's a lackey too. Well, yeah, like, I know. And, no, and, not really. He was a mediocre lackey at best. And then I've, the, I've never, I've never seen the show. Oh honestly. my god, I'm going to beat you with a stick. No, <laughs> no, you know, I mean, I can't. Uh, it's really good. The source, the source material really just doesn't do it for it me. Has nothing to do with the source. It has nothing yeah. to do. It's like Salem, where like it says it's one thing, but it actually has nothing to do with it. It is not that. See, I, I watched the first season of Penny Dreadful, and I wanted to claw my eyes out. <laughs> it's just horrible. It's horrible. It, it, it has, has so many ups and downs. Literally the worst show. So many good things going for it, and you just sit there at the end of every episode and go, Why am I watching this? Yeah, but you know yeah. what's not the worst it's, show? What is absolutely far from the worst show is community. Lost Girl. No, it's Lost Girls. It's freaking fantastic, and it, it there's no. We're mad at them. Why Wait, are we mad did at them? Well, yeah, but but but. Wait a I minute! Mean, I forgot where that left off, and if there's ever going to be more. Hale yeah. died, and Zoe Zoe is like off. Like she what? Zoe? what? Wait, she, who's Zoe? What's Spoilers. Her? Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I don't Zoe actually is. give a shit. No, what, what's her name? Sorry. I don't know. Kenzie? You, you have to describe. Kenzie is Kenzie. like off doing crazy things. And, Wait, I thought Kenzie died. No. She did, sort of. <laughs> but, I'm you know, like, it's happening. just, there's stuff, there, there's stuff happening. And it, it always manages to come back around. Um. It's a really good show, and um, succubuses are hot. <laughs> Just and I don't think anyone will disagree with that. No. Yeah, there was an interesting article we're going to link in that says for all the people who miss... No one uses that. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Nobody uses that. I love myself sometimes. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. about why Puffy fans should watch Lost Girl. Uh, and and they make a good point that there's a lot of what was happening in Buffy that's now happening in Lost Girl, and this is Lost Girl's last season Watch coming. Watch the same up. plots over again. That's a great argument. No, 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 no. But I mean, the article is really good because it's it, it talks about it's similar. It's got the same Watch themes. The it's got a good gang. It's a again. monster of the week, and and it's like and the the biggest thing about it is that it's it's. Uh, it's positive about sexuality. It's positive about sexual uh, sexuality of all types, and there are strong female characters that don't just like parade around as objects. They're actually people what? who have. That makes no sense. I, I cannot comprende. Uh-huh. I That's the only word of Spanish I know. By the they, way, they're they yeah, are nice women job. who are hot. <laughs> they are women who are hot and also like people. Like Wait, women are people? <laughs> yeah, oh, they're, 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 they're like people, or they are they, well, it's tele- or are they kind of sort of people. They're they're all uh, as far as television can go. They're people, like they're characters on a television show. But they're people. They're people in the <laughs> wait, show. They wait, they have motivations wait, aside no, 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 from the band. I have a question for you. The people yeah. on my television screen aren't real. <laughs> nope. Sorry <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> Not a chance. Now, now I don't know what's going to happen if if she starts thinking <laughs> Agent Carter might not be real. So, <gasps> no, my whole worldview is destroyed. This is what Java. You have to so say so that on the air. I'm. You sorry. were going to wait until she was older. 
I can't help that I'm drunk. No, You're going to ruin I'm Santa good. Claus next. You know what is real, though? I'm Jewish. I don't give a shit about Santa Claus. What? You know what is real? Absolutely real. Like, it's a real thing now. We live in a world I'm with... Hoverboards. It's, it's a freaking hoverboard. Yeah, it is. Have, now, I mean, scientifically speaking, they're not like hoverboards from Back to the Future, but uh, people do ride on them. And what? they work. My mind is blown right now. For like four minutes, they like work, and you can ride on them, and there's no friction or anything. Are these the ones that are like in water, though? No, they're they're. Uh, four minutes. <laughs> Lexus put together a uh, an actual working hoverboard. It it uses superconductors, so it levitates over a, a, a magnetic track, and um, so they they're have no to. No off roading with this dude. No off-roading. No, you have to not at all. <laughs> in a specific type of area in their special little skate park. But I mean, it's a hoverboard. It works. And it works. And it's and it's it works for four minutes. That's that's a decent amount of time. So I well, think again, that, no, let's let's think remember that I'm ready to declare that we're in the future. Forty eight seconds. Yeah, we're very close. We're very close. Marty McFly, you've been called out. So, I mean, we have Converse shoes that are comfortable to wear. Converse, <laughs> Chuck Taylors that are comfortable to wear, and we have hoverboards. I mean, that's the future right there. It's the future we've all been looking for. What more can you ask for, really? Nothing, except for the you X-Files know? back. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's happening, too. What? What? Crazy. Shut the front door. Not only that, but they have both... Mulder and Scully coming back. What? Kill me what? now. Yeah, well, you know, for those of you who didn't like the original series, you're not going to like the reboot. That's really? okay. It's amazing, isn't it? It's okay to not like things. Okay. <laughs> A couple of things that have come out about what that uh, X-Files is going to look like. It's only going to be a six-series event. But they are talking about bringing it back. If six the first series, six event? series, I'm sorry, six episode event, six episode, yeah. and the timeline six will. Be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, That's, there we go. Uh, and the timeline is going to be eight years after the last movie ended, in terms of character, and they're not married. Just checking. Why would but, they be married? Because they were living together at the end of the last movie. Gross and incestuous, isn't it? Yeah, they're like brother and sister most of the time. Right? Like that's like they're not like that. But I mean there's a whole there's a whole fandom based around that relationship. Well, you know? there are fandoms based around lots of relationships. That doesn't make it a good idea. Yeah. Like there are <laughs> fandoms that I case enjoy. in point, the internet. Hmm. Yeah. Like there are I, things that I I wonder enjoy. what fandoms there are about sci fi Saturday night. Oh, oh. scary. Oh. I don't want to know. say that. Java. <laughs> don't take it there. Besides, you know, it's I, entirely I, real people. It's, it's my job to bring, oh, like there aren't fandoms about real people. Um, like, it's oh my, my God. Categories about real people. It's my job to bring the creepy. That's my job. That's Java, don't wait, wait, wait. Java may not know this. We have a real creepy jar now. We do. People yeah, gave money to the creepy drive this weekend. Yeah, we put it out at Boston Comic Con, and people actually put money in the creepy jar too. And then we took the money out of it and gave it to the booking monkey and got lunch. I don't think yeah, they realized exactly what the jar said on it. They just were like, "Oh, a jar! You must want money." <laughs> so in that way, we were kind of like hobos. I felt bad because we were right next to a charitable organization, and I'm wondering how many people thought we were also a charitable organization. No, they <laughs> looked like they creepy money. jar. They at least looked slightly reputable. Yeah, not like us at all. Exactly. Still, I, I kind of like the idea of being a hobo. You know who's acting like a hobo? Is who's Nathan acting Fillion. like a hobo? Nathan Fillion has a charity T-shirt for sale. Yeah, it's not it really. It goes bad. to charity. That, that, was, a, that was poor charity form, for him. Poor form. You're better than that. I know, but I mean, it's actually a pretty cool T-shirt. It says yeah. "I shoot first. It has Mal on the front, and it's what? twenty-four. Wait, where's the cat? 
There's no cat. <laughs> but you can get it in brown coat brown. Although it kind of fades into the background at that point because it's brown on brown. Brown on brown. Yeah, yeah that doesn't work. Sarah, before we get to our guest, can, yeah. can we talk a little bit about your, your book of the week? Yes. So um, I was, you know, I follow a bunch of like publishers of sci-fi and fantasy and stuff on social media and tour.com. I know, right? It's like I like books or something weird. Um, and Tor.com was like, hey, there's a cool anthology that you guys should check out. It's about lesbian mad scientists. What a great idea. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm sold. Like, you literally don't have to tell me anything else. Um, so it's cool. I'm, I haven't obviously read it yet because I just found out about it. But it's Who from... Who said that exactly? Who said what exactly? I'm just thinking that we may actually know someone personally there. Where? Tor. You do know someone at Tor. I know someone at Tor, but it's not from yes. Tor. Oh. It's from Left Press. Oh, okay. Um, Tor was just like tweeting about it. Oh, yeah. So, um, what I is the... I was confused as if this were like a personal recommendation. What is the title of the anthology? The title of the anthology is called Daughters of Frankenstein. Um, and again, it is from Left Press or Lethe Press? L e t h e. How do how does one say that? Leith? However one Leith. wishes. Your mom press. Basically, basically. Um, so yeah, it looks awesome, and most of the stories are by women. I think there's one or two stories, maybe by men. Maybe uh, looks like at least two, maybe three. Um, but it's mostly by women and about women, which is um, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I'm going to buy it. And then you're going to review it for us. That's true. And for my blog. And for but your also blog. also for well, you guys. <gasps> Yay! Special! So a couple weeks back, uh, actually about a month before Boston Comic Con, we were at Northeast Comic Con in Massachusetts. And we, we actually, Cam the Booking Monkey grabbed me and said, you got to see these guys. These guys that he was referring to were Jesse and Margaret Lundberg, who have this wonderful independent comic called Harold the Happy Human Eater. Jesse and Margaret, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. Hi. Hi. So, um, you, descri you describe for me what happy Harold the Happy Human Eater is about. Um, long story short, it is about zombies that do not need to attack people in order to survive. Um, we developed a world where uh, synthetic human flesh, known as tin flesh, is invented because the zombies that we created are still the same people. They have the same personalities, emotions, memories. They're just slow-moving, undead people. So it became this whole ethical issue and they developed the synthetic human flesh for them. So it's just a lighthearted look on what if zombies were able to coexist with humans. So essentially, uh, I think at one point you described it to me as being almost kid friendly. Exactly. Well, we were looking for family friendly. Originally, what started everything was a drawing that Jesse did back in 2012, I think is how long ago the first appearance was. And it was a sad looking zombie holding a flower that said different doesn't need to be scary. And people who saw it just loved it. And so they were like, Oh, we want to see more of that. So we started doing single panel cartoons of what would be funny for a friendly zombie and then took a story to it. And the decision to make it family-friendly uh, kind of came from my family. We have a large Irish Catholic family, lots of kids, and Jesse draws almost constantly whenever we're together up there. And so it was just the idea of having something that kids could read because zombies are huge, but they're also 
normally violent in culture. A lot of kids watching The Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead too gross for me, which for somebody who writes for a zombie comic is a little off, but there you have it. So you decided to take this idea and move it to Kickstarter to get some backing for it. Why did you do that? Well, a lot of it was because after we put together the single panel cartoons, we ended up going to the free comic book day event that um, Jetpack Comic has over in Rochester, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And people who saw the single panel cartoons were the ones who basically asked for a plot line, a story, a comic. And we thought that that was a great idea, but we're two people still paying into our student loans, renting an apartment, you know, no kids, just pets. And so we thought, well, let's give people the opportunity to put money in if this is something they really want to see. And it got funded, which was wonderful. And not only by just family and friends, we had people from across the state and across the country who actually found and donated. So that was really awesome. So based, based on that, uh, on that uh, original Kickstarter, which was like last year at this point, you were able to produce the first comic book? Yep, we got the first round of printed up. We got, um, we were asking for funding to get ourselves to GraniteCon because we're small, local, and Boston's a little too scary for us right now. As I was hearing you talking, I was just thinking to myself, the one thing I learned from Boston is that we'll have to go next year. Uh, so, yeah, um, Boston is a daunting endeavor. There's no question about it. Exactly. And especially where we're still small time, we're looking for places where there's not exactly an 100% guarantee, but a closer gap of actually being able to make money by going rather than lose money. Right, uh, right. So that original Kickstarter went to the first printing of the comic and getting us to Granite Con, getting us a table there, and some various other, um, like we got pins printed up and stuff like that. All of that was explained in the Kickstarter and, yeah, we got funded. It was really great. We got T-shirts made and went to GraniteCon, had a lot of great connections, broke even, which in my book was successful. And since then, every event we've gone to, we have at least made back cost of the table plus some profit, which, you know, like I said, I'm still happy with. We're a year into the comic, so anything's good. So you're a year into the comic and you're putting out uh, you're you're obviously still producing independently, which means yeah. you're controlling your own costs and 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 you're actually funding everything yourself. And you had two episodes at GraniteCon last year. And where are you at now in the story? We have four issues printed out, and as we speak, issue five is getting crafted, and the nice thing about issue five is that it will be in color. Very nice. That's that's a, a huge jump in terms of cost for you guys as well, producing the entire comic in color. Yes. Well, luckily, the website that we go to is fairly reasonable with cost, and the idea to go to color again, it was from the people. We always put it out and we ask for opinions and what people think. And we explained that if we printed in color, the cost would have, the comic would have to go up. And were the fans okay with that? And we got a lot of great positive responses. So, you know, we decided to go for it. It's one of those that if we stop hearing positive responses, we'll stop doing what we're doing, basically, which I think the people that I've talked to about it really like that we're not just going willy-nilly the way we want to go, but actually making sure people want to read what we're doing. What brought you to the point of actually interacting with the consumers? Because there, there's a lot of independent comic people that go, here's what I'm doing, here's what it is. You like it, you buy it, you don't. Hey, thanks for playing the game. But, I mean, you've, you've got, like, almost this active dialogue with your, your base. What, what brought you there? 
probably just my own personality. I am a people pleaser to a fault. And especially where it's something that we do enjoy doing and we want it to be successful, I think is a big thing. Like we're not just doing it to have it out there. We're doing it with the idea that it could go somewhere. And so if we went only doing what we wanted to do and nobody else picked up on it, then that's not getting to our end goal. So whether it's a family member of ours who's known the process since the beginning or a fan who found us at a convention and just really liked what we did, we really wanted to kind of give that option to people to tell us what they wanted. And sure, not all suggestions are great, but even if it's just a matter of us asking a question and judging from the answers where we go, that I think is really important, especially to where we want to get to a level of success, which doesn't have to be anything big to us, could just mean going to Boston and not losing money. <laughs> could be successful for us. <laughs> One and, of the things that... I'm sorry, go ahead. And by interacting more, it, it really creates a community, a sense of community um, where people are willing to put more into it and they'll get more out of it type of, type of deal. Um, that I enjoy about it. So, I mean, you sit there, uh, and I watched you guys at Northeast Comic Con, and you were actually engaging literally everybody who came to the table, uh, giving backstory, getting getting feedback, and, and hearing from them, yeah, I, I know what you guys are about. Have you thought about this? Uh, so when you're at, like, uh, Granite Con and Northeast and some of the local conventions like that, that happens a lot? Yeah, I, um, like I said, I always joke that I'm the mouse at these conventions, but it's true. Um, Jesse sits there and draws, and he gets to look pretty, and I am exhausted by the end of the day. I stand and I interact, but not only do I notice that people will be willing to put more money into it if they have a sense of knowing who you are after getting to know them, but it also like I said, for me, gave an idea of what people were looking for, you know, by talking to someone, like even about what shirt they're wearing, you know, then I can tell Jesse, it's like, oh, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about getting this thing from this show. We should look into that. And even if it's not for Harold the Happy Human Eater, Jesse draws his own uh, renditions of various superhero characters. And so, just talking to everybody who comes to the table or passes by and is willing to share anything, we can kind of cater to what we're seeing and what we're doing, which I think is a successful business model for everybody. You know, if you only do what you do and that's it, you might get a good handful of business, but if you really look to what people are enjoying and looking for, you can grow better. One of the other things that I noticed that you've done for the the Herald process is you've created a large and varied social media presence for the comic itself uh, on, on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? <laughs> Because we're sadists. Uh, <laughs> 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 Facebook is one of those that even though uh, Facebook itself can be the main of my existence sometimes with, you know, how it tells you how many people like the page and then how many people actually see a post that you share. And it's maybe 10% of the people are actually getting our posts on their feed, which is, obnoxious by no end to me but by keeping up with the social media I just I feel like it's a way to show people that we are out there and we're human and we're we're trying to give them a product that they like with characters that they like and hopefully us that they like to a point um I you know kind of talk to people about the idea of branding if you came to our table and you saw that we had that big bright green tablecloth which has kind of been our signature color and by interacting with people I want con goers to 
kind of associate, oh, I had a great time talking to the people at that green table. I'm going to go again and kind of go like that. And staying up on social media, I think, helps with that and encourages interaction. Whether we get it or not is a different story, but the more we keep it out there, the more likely it will come to be that we'll have this great ongoing dialogue with people. And we do have fans that, like, as soon as we put up a post, they'll comment, they'll like, they'll share, and that's wonderful, and that's great, and I love that. And really, we wouldn't be going into issue five with at least three more scripts on the way without those people. And you see, I was just about to ask what the what the near future is. Clearly, you're three books ahead right now. <laughs> yes, well, and people have been asking how long... Oh, script-wise, <laughs> not illustration-wise. Script-wise, we are getting ahead of the game. But the one thing that I... From talking to people that I've noticed is that getting into an indie comic is a big risk for comic lovers because they want to have something that they can go back to and get fresh new issues of. And there are some people that will start a comic and be one and done. And then that's disappointing to the fans and they're hesitant on the next indie comic that they come across that looks good. And especially um, next month when we go back to GraniteCon, that will be our second appearance there. And I'm hoping that the fact that we'll be there with more issues than last year, the people who went and saw us will see that we're not just a one and done. We are going and continuing to go. And we even had a fan of ours ask how long we planned on going. And right now, everything we have in mind doesn't have an end point. We're guesstimating eight issues, that's what we have in mind for plot lines and for storylines, and that's it. But that's not to say that we'll be done after eight issues. That will be where the conversation starts up again with fans and friends and family. Okay, we're at eight issues. Is this what you want, or is there more that you feel like you need? And just kind of go from there. And who knows, a plot idea might start up after that eighth issue that will span into the next four or more and go on that way. But uh, again, it's, we're not sick of it yet. So we're That's always a good thing. Yeah. We're enjoying it. Now, now Jesse, I heard you kind of break in and go, yeah, we're, th we're three issues ahead script wise. <laughs> uh, and, um, and I understand that, you know, when I was at the table there, there's the the comic, and then there's your own artwork as well. So how do you balance the time between the artwork you want to do and the stuff that you're doing for the comic? Is it like a 50-50 split, or when the comic needs to come out, you need to push towards that? Um, usually, uh, most of the comic art that I do at cons... Um, I only do it there. I mean, I'll, I'll sketch and doodle, you know, up until the con. But um, for the most part, when I'm doing artwork, I'm focusing on the comic right now. Um, I do do some commission work. Um, I also do graphic design work for people. So um, I balance that a little bit. But otherwise, if I'm doing artwork, it's pretty much the comic right now. Um, trying out different styles and trying to advance the look of it. Um, even just looking at the issues that are out right now, you can definitely see that. I was going to say just a nice progression of style from book one to book four. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with uh, me taking my time. Um, yeah. <laughs> First issue, I, I, I literally drew that entire thing in a week. Um, the closer that I've gotten to what I'm working on now, um, the issue four probably took a month and a half. And that's, that's obviously not continuous work, but I definitely took my time more with it and wanted to try some different things out. Um, and now with the colorization of it, it's taking a little bit longer as well, but, um, 
the end result's going to be much better, and I'm going to be much happier with it. So I'm willing to put in that extra time. Well, I mean, it, it's a good thing. It's an evolution. It's a process. Uh, Jesse's doing the artwork. Margaret is doing the scripting. And I guess you're both kind of collaborating collaborating a little bit on the scripting as well to move the story forward. Uh, this is a really interesting project because it's uh, it's hard to pigeonhole it, and I'm not sure that you want to. So uh, when you see them at a convention, they're Jesse and Margaret Lundberg. Their comic is called Harold the Happy Human Eater, the kid-friendly Zob comic. Thank you so much for being here. Brianna, what's happening in the next couple of weeks on the show? Stop. Just kidding. Maybe not just kidding. Um, well, I guess next week I'm not going to be around because there's no spiders. Other spiders. Nobody knows. <laughs> Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome? I want to thank our guests again, Jesse and Margaret Lundberg. Check out Harold the Happy Human Eater. Uh, it's a really interesting comment. I want to thank our, our cast from the Report Tech, this is Peter. Good night, everybody. Meow. 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 Penis lessons shared, joy increased. Thus do we all repeat it.